This is the Ezra Podcast. Slow weekend for fights, but I think it's building up to a big weekend next weekend. Conor McGregor, UFC's probably biggest fight of the year. Sometimes you got to take these little breaks. You got to take these little breaks and just enjoy them. Just enjoy, you know, not having all these fights to watch. Because sometimes it's too much, honestly. Sometimes five fights in a, a weekend is, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. But we did, we weren't, we were offered a star, I think, this weekend. We were offered Chris Colbert versus Tug, King Tug. And Chris Colbert, I think, has the makings to be a star. He has the style, the talent, the he can talk, he's got the look, he stands out. I think he has everything to be a star in boxing. Now, sometimes people don't like what he says, right? But it's because he speaks honestly and he doesn't try to, he's not trying to make you like what he says, he's just saying what he says. And I, to me, I think that makes a star more than most things, right? It's a, you want people to either love you or hate you. You can't be in the middle. Not if you're trying to be a star. There's no in the middle of being a star. They either love you or they hate you. And people hating you, to me, is the quickest way of being a star more than even people loving you. So he, 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 I think he has people that hate him. I think he will. I think throughout his career, he's going to have people that hate him because he's going to talk and he's going to put a camera in front of him, put a mic in front of him. He's going to have something to say. He got a... So the tug was King Tug was a late replacement, which was going to be Gamboa, right? And Gamboa, though being the name he is, though being having the rep that he has, is an easier fight than King Tug. But what did King Tug have going against him going into this fight, which I told you, was the size disadvantage, right? He's coming in at a size disadvantage. He's never really truly fought at this weight. And if he did, it was only one fight. He's also coming in on a short camp. Now, whether he was training in a camp or in the gym, it doesn't matter. He wasn't training for this exact moment, right? He wasn't training his whole camp to land perfectly in this moment to be ready for a fight. So with those disadvantages, I know King Tuck's talented. I think that he showed his talent more. I think that people, when they saw this fight, and as it was playing out, they were surprised at the things King Tuck was able to do. I was not. I told you he's a good fighter. I told you he's very um, pinpoint. He's a very good combination fighter. He's very balanced. He has skill. He's definitely got skill. I don't know why people were surprised that he was able to land. But even with the parts where he was supposed to land, he was nowhere close in this fight. I think people wanted him to be close. I think people went in there with a negative feeling for Colbert. They wanted to see him maybe, you know, lose or they wanted to see him, you know, not perform to that level. Or suddenly they were putting the, suddenly he wasn't their favorite fighter at the, that weight anymore. So now they were comparing his performance to other people's performances. But there's nothing negative to say, really. Chris Colbert did what he was supposed to do. His his skill in his movement is honestly second to none right now in boxing. His leg movement around the ring is a lost art that he has that disappeared somewhere in the 90s because we have not got it since like a prime Floyd, uh, Sergio Martinez. Honestly, since then, like we have not gotten the leg movement that Chris Colbert is offering right now in boxing. We just, we are not seeing this and it's. Also the jab, it's also the combinations, the defensive awareness, all these things. He dominated this fight against a very game good opponent. No, just because the guy had moments doesn't mean you diminish what Chris Colbert did. Okay, when you fight good opponents, that's what's gonna happen. And to me, it shows Chris Colbert how you know how he's not afraid of the opponent because he took in King Tuck. He could have said, like, no, this guy, why would I fight this guy? This is a tough guy. I want a full camp myself preparing for just this guy. He didn't. He took this opponent. And I think that we're trying to knock what he uh, 
achieved this week, but I thought it was very effective. I thought it was very good. And I think that I'm just really excited on what he has going forward, right? And in that weight class, when you have from 130 to 140, it's just so jam-packed that you're going to see, you're going to have a lot of great fights. Like, you just are. And Tank, this is the best thing for Tank, is that another guy is popping out at this at this weight class, a weight class that he can make, a weight class that uh, Colbert could get to him where he could get to Colbert. That's what these guys need. The promotions need multiple stars at this weight class. Because if these guys can't fight each other, right, You gotta they're going to have to get creative with it. Well, luckily, Chris Colbert's coming up, right? He might probably need two to three more fights before they start taking him and Tank seriously. But it's getting there. It's working there. We see it. So they're going to have to be a little creative with Tank, and they have to bring him up the right way with a, just a next level of uh, opponent. Like they were saying, Leo Santa Cruz, which... Is a great opponent, and it's not that is not a gimme fight at all. I think Leo Santa Cruz rematching Tank isn't a gimme fight, so it's not a gimme fight for Colbert. I think that maybe one more fight before that, but if they're ready, he wants to go there. I'm all there to watch, I'm all for watching it, and the winner getting Javante Tank Davis again. If it's Leo Santa Cruz, a rematch, or Chris Colbert getting his shot at uh Tank. I thought Chris Colbert did what he had to do. I thought he looked very good. I was very impressed with what he did. The movement, you can't get past those things like that. Now, I do think he gets a little stiff with his punches. I do think his shots come wide once in a while, but it's because his legs are so good. Sometimes those things like that, you can get away with it. And that's what he did. Uh, Tug, I like I said, Tug has the skills. He has the ability. He's got to get He's got to get going. He's got to have shots. that. Um, he's got to get to work. And even not everything has to be perfect. And there has to be times where you're just working on a guy's arm or you're just putting pressure just to apply the mental pressure, just to apply, just moving the guy off the spot, just to, you know, for the judges to see like, hey, I'm working. He is and I have him defensive. He has to develop that. He has the skills. He has the ability. But his mentality does not have that part. And I think he's going to need that part. He's going to need a little more dog in him. I don't see it yet. And this is the kind of the same performance I got from the Gary Russell fight. It's like where he has opportunities, he does good things, but it's not consistent. Or it's not the part where it's like, hey, you need to take control of this fight. You need to make this a King Tug fight. I have not seen that yet. Let's go to the undercard. You had Michelle Rivera versus John Fernandez. And I had picked John Fernandez to win this fight. It was a little bit of an upset, but I had seen what John Fernandez did. I seen what Michelle Rivera did. And I don't think the fight played out too differently than what I thought. It kind of played out like my counter. I said that John Fernandez could do more in the ring. He was more balanced. He could. Uh, he was better with his legs. If people maybe don't want to believe that, but he was. He was more balanced with his legs. Michelle Rivera got in there. He dre- he dressed like Ali. He had the name Ali, which I don't like, by the way. I don't like the. Maybe for the one fight. Maybe if he did it for one fight, right, as a gimmick, maybe. But I don't like that that's your whole persona. I don't think that that's how you make a star is mimicking, being a lesser star of someone's already an act that we already know works. You being a lesser actor, that I don't think that works. I don't think that works. Also, I didn't like the cheap knockoff style he did of Ali because I didn't think it was effective. Now, people want to paint a picture of prospect. It's, it's, it helps when people get behind someone, right? They paint the different picture as it be it would be different what they see right because the 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 perception they have of him is in a positive light already. But if it was someone they didn't like and he did that Ollie thing, they would have a complete different opinion of it. It's funny how this works. It happens in commentating. It happens on Twitter. It happens all 
all these things, boxing journalists, they want to say that that way he did the Ali moving backwards and all that, that was effective. It was not. Now, he may have won the rounds, and I will get on that after this, right, about him winning those rounds, because he shouldn't have. But it wasn't effective. He was doing an act of Ali. He dressed like him, and he wanted to fight like him, but he didn't have the ability to. And John Fernandez was taking those early rounds. And he was kind of putting it on him. Now, when Michelle Rivera finally did the style that was most effective for him, being a little more flat-footed, holding his ground, and making you have to walk into some shots, or making you have to come forward, right, and push him off his spot, that's when he started getting very effective. Now, I said I did, wasn't sure about his power. I didn't know if he had elite power. I didn't see anything that really told me at a better level that he had elite power. He showed me that. I said that. I said, in the counter, I said that maybe John Fernandez will win, but Rivera's going to show something why he's elite, and he's going to land a shot that's going to change the whole aspect of the fight. He did that. His speed was damn good. His power was damn good, and it was at its best when he held his ground. Not when he was moving around the ring. I didn't think that was effective at all. I think he has a style that works for him. And as soon as they could tell, like, get that in his head that this is a style. This is what's going to get us to the dance. And this is what's going to win his titles. This is what's going to make you special is this style. I don't think you boxer on the rings effective. I don't think you trying to be a, a cute fighter is effective. I think that you have great power. You have pinpoint shots and you have good speed. I think we should use those. I don't feel bad for going to bed with John Fernandez. He dropped Michelle Rivera. I believe that, you know, he won earlier rounds. Whether he was going to get it or not, this may the only thing that may make me rethink of how I bet these things. Just because, I mean, this is a known thing in boxing for a long time. But I think sometimes it gets ridiculous. I think PBC, especially, I, I, I know some more in the PBC too. If you're an underdog, you are not going to get a scorecard. Like, especially if PBC fighters, a PBC card, you are not. You you have to get a knockout. If you want the upset, you got to go and knock the guy out. Now, this is, people are going to say that's happened throughout boxing, right? But to me, just the Barrios, this fight, maybe there's an inconsistency of what we are scoring here. You know, in the amateurs, right, the whole thing with the amateurs was they didn't score jabs or they didn't score body shots, right? And they said, well, he has more, the guy has more of a pro style. He'll be better than the pros. Well, now in the pros, they only score flashy shots, apparently, or they only show, score the shots they think are hard, right? We even know that the judges are not ex-fighters. They are guys that never probably been in the ring, never been hit, but we're going to go off what they think it hits harder, right? We're going to go off what... The journalists are going to go off what they think this harder shots were. But there's no way of knowing that. If you watch Anderson Silva fight versus Forrest Griffin, he, with a shot he knocks him out with, it looks like a nothing throwaway shot. Okay, so there's you do not know what the harder shot is. I promise you. I've been in the ring. I've been hit. There's shots where people said, wow, that hurt now. It's like I didn't even feel it. And there were shots where I got hit by a guy, and I thought, my God, he's a brick in his hands. That you do not know. So to me, who's landing the cleaner, effective shots? Just the cleaner shots. Cleaner, effective shots. That's it. That's all you have to go off. Who's landing the clean shots? Not, well, he hit him harder than him. You don't know that. There's no judge of that. There's no There's no way to tell that. But right now what I'm noticing, right, is in the PBC, if they have a favorite, do not bet against him if you don't expect the guy to get a knockout. I thought Fernandez had a chance to win this fight. I expected him to win it by a decision. They were not going to give him a decision in that fight, even though the first three rounds, Michelle Rivera was not effective at all. But he's the name. He was the prospect. 
he was not going to lose that fight in the cards. Not a lot of PBC favorites do. So if he, there's a favorite and it's a PBC guy, if you don't think that he's the, the, the upset's going to win by a knockout or stop him, I wouldn't bet it because I'm no longer doing it. I have to change because it just doesn't happen. The upset decisions just do not happen. I don't know if we have to. There's really, really, right? Boxing isn't the NBA. It's not the NFL. It's not even the UFC. There's no, there's no one thing that like, you know, the NBA has uh, a commissioner and he would say like, this is how we're going to do this now. And he would explain it to the fans. We need to explain the judging again. We need to have a, just one sit down special, get all the, the, the promoters together, get all the networks together and just tell them this is how we're going to score the fight. Because to me, I think the simple thing, right? The simple thing is who's landing the cleaner punches. That's a simple part to do about it. Who is landing the cleaner punches? Not who is moving backwards. Not who is moving forward. Not um, what shots look harder. Which is the one the crowd's reacting on. Another thing is, should the judges be judging from ringside? Right? I do not like this. Where one judge sees one angle. One judge sees another angle. Another judge sees another angle. So they're seeing three different fights. Kind of. They kind of are. Also, why are they judging there shouldn't they be judging remotely off the TV? Because are they judging for the crowd there, or are they judging for most of the people who are watching at home? Because I hear people say, "When you watch a fight there, it's a different fight than when you watch it at home." But who are you trying to please? Aren't you? Shouldn't you try to please the majority of people? So that would be the people at home. So shouldn't the judges be judging off of the same view, off the same camera view? That that all three judges are seeing the same one that we're seeing, right? So we're all kind of in line of what we're seeing here, instead of three judge uh, three judges seeing three different views of a fight. This all these things are ju- they affect everything. They affect betting. They affect the way you uh, you know as a boxer if you're picking your opponent or someone says like, hey, want to come here to the PBC and fight this guy and be a big chance for you? It's like, well, I, I have to get a knockout then I can't get a decision because no one's going to give me a decision. Now, am I saying it's crooked? Yes, I am. I'm saying that it doesn't seem like the PBC ever gets a decision to go against the, what they want. It just doesn't seem that way. Now, maybe you say it's the same thing in top rank. Maybe, right? I To me, I see more upsets in top rank. To me, I see more upsets in match room. But, you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I, I have to look again and someone will provide evidence saying, no, they do it here too. But PBC for sure. I never see upsets here, especially by decision. Never. I never see that, ever. And to me, if you don't give John Fernandez like at least two of the first three rounds, then, you know, what's the point of this guy fighting? Really? Other than just collect the paycheck to lose. We need to get on the same point of view. Everyone, the fans, journalists, I don't think anyone's looking at it the same way. Let's get, let's define how we judge fights. Because right now it's it's all over the place. Let's get to my fake money real bad. So I'm going to real quick. Okay. I, not a great week. You know what I mean? I took covert 500K minus 700. Because I told you that's free money to win 71K. It's just like the advantages he had in that fight. And that was I won seventy one k, but I took John Fernandez over Rivera. No, I like I said, I don't regret this decision. And I thought that the way the way the fight was playing out was it showed me that I was looking at the right stuff. Now I told you Rivera, if Rivera had elite power, then this fight would be changed around the fourth or fifth round. Look at Rivera, he had elite power. He knocks out John Fernandez around the seventh round, I believe. He knocks him out. So I bet hundred k. 
I lost 100K, but I won 71, so I ended up losing only 29K. At 159,000, now I have 550,000. Uh, 550, right? I had 1,579,000, now I have 1,550,000. I'm okay with that. That's, that's not, it was, John Fernandez fight was worth the risk, and to me, how the fight played out, it played out similar to what I thought it would. Now, I, he couldn't withstand the power. The judges were never going to give it to him. Now I know that. So I'm not betting no underdogs at PBC unless I believe they're going to get the knockout. It's, I'm only going to bet favorites there because they it doesn't seem like they could lose decisions there. We got Conor McGregor this weekend. I'll be getting into it. I'll be deep diving it. I'm going to do a straight-to-video podcast on it. I'll be doing this podcast on it, the Ezra podcast. There's a lot to dive in here. It's It's... it's with Conor McGregor, you're going to be up and down. You're going to be up and down. I don't think he has a lot more up moments. I think we could be seeing a lot more down moments. This will tell us what we're... You know, this fight right here is going to kind of show us what Conor McGregor has. Is if Conor McGregor is focused, right, and he's training, and he's completely wants to, you know, be f- committed to fighting... Can we still get the old Conor McGregor? Because I don't expect him to be consistently here anymore. It's just not going to happen. He's going to be the fighter that wins, loses, wins, loses. He's going to be that. He's going to be a little bit Delahoy-ish. He's going to be that. But can he even get to that level anymore? That's what I want to know. Can he get win this fight and then win, go get the title shot and win that? I, that's what I want to know. Because if he loses this, he will never see the title again. And it will show me, you know, we're going to see diminished Conor now. He's probably going to lose... More fights if he fights him. It could keep fighting the UFC. Go break it all down. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been the Ezra Podcast.